Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to The Legendarium on iTunes. Uh, check us out at thelegendarium.podbean.com and also write us at thelegendariumpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to The Legendarium. Today, Ryan and I are tackling some new Star Wars Episode 7 news and speculation, emphasis on the speculation, with returning special guest Todd Wenty and a new one, Ken Johnson. Welcome back, everybody! Welcome! Woo! Ryan, hey, welcome. Why, thank you. Yeah. I, you Be more enthused. I have to contain my enthusiasm at the moment because if I were to explode with the amount of enthusiasm that I have for the episode that we're doing right now, there would be absolutely no way that the people would be able to hear from here on up for the rest of the episode. Okay, I, 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 I buy it. Uh, we are doing Star Wars again. Now, we did it about a month ago in honor of Star Wars Day, May, May the 4th. The 4th. Uh, the fourth was with us on that occasion, and I'm I'm I am praying to the fourth that it will be here again today. Uh, today, now before we get started, there's just a little bit of housekeeping. Ryan, I uh, want to let everybody know that the Legendarium podcast, uh, which you can find already on iTunes and on our Podbean website, and you can find us on on Facebook and everything, is now available also on Stitcher Radio. So, yay! yay! All of you Apple fans out there, especially, I mean, I think it works on a few Stitcher different is, platforms, but uh, but especially, it's especially popular with iPhone users. Yeah, Stitcher uh, is very a very happy place to get podcasts. If you're a podcast listener, you are very familiar with Stitcher, most yep. likely. So, we are now on Stitcher. Go check us out there and all the other places, especially on Facebook. We'd love to see you all on Facebook. Uh, housekeeping done. This place you is so clean. want fluff? <laughs> I want pillow fluff. I don't know. I don't know what that's a euphemism for, but I want it. Um, all right. So, Ryan, why don't you introduce our illustrious guests today? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a returning guest coming back to the legendarium. The one, the only, the genius, Mr. Todd Wenty. Thank you, thank you. I always love it when my uh, when my Wookie peeps are around. <laughs> uh, where are my Wooks at? All right. We would also like to introduce a new member to our podcast team here, a correspondent for all things Star Wars, Episode 7 related and otherwise, a dear friend, another genius. Say the name! I'm building tension and excitement. Ken Johnson, everyone. (laughs) My mother told me not to open the cellar door, (laughs) and when I did... I saw the lights. Did you know that cellar door was once said uh, by linguists to be the most beautiful phrase in the English language? Cellar door. Cellar door. Cellar door. Cellar door. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) boy, this really got off track. So welcome, you guys. Ken Johnson is joining the the Legendarium family as the Star Wars correspondent. Uh, He'll be our hard-hitting newsman with Star Wars. I wish I had a lightsaber. And uh, <laughs> and the rest of us are glad that you don't. Oh, <laughs> and Todd Wenty, who we all know and love, uh, he'll be our what color commentator. I'm the color commentator for all things Star Wars. Sweet. Um, I'm really excited. So I, I guess let's dive right into it. Ken, what do you got for us today? What's going on in the wonderful world of Star Wars? Bring us. I, I love I love the fact. I just got to preface this. I love the fact that there is a new Star Wars movie coming out because it gives us 
news. It gives us something we are oh talking about. Oh my gosh. Instead about. of just talking about what happened in the past, we get to talk oh, about what happened in the great future. These are. I love Except that. that with J.J. Abrams directing, who knows if it's going to be past or future or what. There's no way of really telling. Maybe an alternate universe of some kind. The only thing we can guarantee lens flares. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hyperspace is going to look so different oh, under JJ Abrams. So cool. <laughs> That's right. All right, I've got some news. This, this was actually, last week was not such a good, uh, there was nothing coming out last week. This week, though. Oh, my gosh, it was a huge bunch, week. Bunch of big news, okay? Galactic women's suffragists, you can rejoice, yay, after weeks of hand-wringing and gun-jumping that there weren't enough women in a cast uh, that were cast in Episode 7. It was announced this week that Oscar darling Lupita, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Nyong'o, gosh, I cannot Nyong'o? say that fast. Yeah. Lupita Nyong'o. She's the only person who's going to be in there who can actually use her real name and still have it sound like a Star Wars character. (laughs) Exactly. Her parents were obviously watching Star Wars when she was born. So Oscar (laughs) Darling, Lupita Nyong'o, and giant Amazonian goddess Gwendolyn Christie joining the cast. She's like 6'3", isn't she? 6'3". Yeah. She's huge. Crazy. Have we heard who she's going to play? Maybe a female Wookiee? Chewbacca finally gets a mate. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that would be excellent. That would be awesome. We haven't heard anything as to casting yet, although there is rampant speculation that Nyong'o has been cast to specifically play Asajj Ventress. Nah, I think that was pretty thoroughly The single most overrated character in the Star Wars universe. Wait, 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 wait. Single most overrated? Okay, I need need our color commentator. Wow. Okay. So we're not going with Grand Admiral Thrawn as the single most overrated character in the Star Wars universe. He's my No, no, no. I know you love love Grand Admiral Thrawn, but let's be very clear about a couple of things. Number one, Grand Admiral Thrawn was was an attempt to make sure that they could reinvent the franchise. Timothy Zahn did a wonderful job with that, yes. Um, and and the, the series had some new invigorated blood. I'll buy that. But if you look at what all of that was about, um, they wanted to make him a force user, but not a force user. So they made him force sensitive. They made him elegant and very much all about art and and an appreciator of things very refined and dignified, trying to somehow something bring, that had been missing from Star Wars bring something into the Star Wars universe that made it somehow more appealing to those of us with uh, a taste for something beyond just a good lightsaber fight. But the reality is, within the Star Wars universe, you get Grand Admiral Thrawn, and you get that's and that's it. This flash in the pan that everybody wants to harken back to, but we don't really know much about him. We we have that we have that one set of trilogies, and that's all he fit in the pantheon. There was no lead up to it. There was no there was no successor to him. Uh, everything that happened afterwards was just kind of oh, if it only it was Grand Admiral Thrawn. Grand Admiral Thrawn would know well, how to do this. Well, he had a successor, right? An Admiral Dalla. That I, I'm not sure you call someone who follows you a successor uh, okay, if they're fine. not going to be able to pull off the same kinds of things. Because Admiral Dalla, in fact, in the first. Uh, in the first experience that we see with Admiral Dalla after the Grand Admiral Thrawn series, which was in the Corellian conflict, uh, the the Corellian trilogy with the Star Crusher, uh, where they go back to where they go back to Han Solo's home planet and all these kinds of things, uh, Admiral Dalla proves that he can't even find a way to make their great weapon, which was going to be a cloaking device, work in a battle situation. She. Nope, you're right. She. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I thought I'd bring this back down to earth. Thank you. It's but yeah, it could be nebulous. <laughs> one, one moment can't even make it work, and then all we're doing is hanging on for dear life. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, what, what in the world were we talking about? We were back with we're talking uh, about Lupita Nyong'o being oh, and uh, the new cast. Yeah. Oh, that's right. No, that's so I I read a little bit about that, and and uh, 
apparently somebody heard that she'd been cast and they they said oh she's a thin uh woman with short hair yeah no uh so she's gonna play asajj ventress yeah which which is i mean is it possible yes but no it's it's not it's the rapid i don't think it's possible for and my only reasoning is because when they kicked out all the expanded universe except for the prequels Mm, and one of the tv series they've done that would throw asajj ventress as being like 80 years old yeah she would be older than everyone and i just don't then obi-wan or cloned Oh. <laughs> Isn't that the worst I thing gonna, about something like Star Wars? You I just would, never know. You can always throw the word, well, what about a clone? Yeah. And all of a sudden the entire conversation has changed. I was going to say there's this theory. I've, I've heard this theory and it's beautiful <laughs> that I, I love about the, the, the Force versus the, the Sith or the Jedi versus the Sith and the, the Jedi being able to, you know, Force Ghost and... Uh... You're good. Oh, okay. I'm good. Yay. Keep the, going. The, the, the Jedi being able to force ghosts in that kind of even through death they can persevere. However, the the, the Sith are unable to work that same force magic. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not. Mm-hmm. Death is permanent to them. Once you're dead, you're dead. And so they're are actively finding ways to hang on and preserve life. And therefore, Asajj Ventress can maybe she found some Sith way to extend her life. You know, or, if you, you follow know. the story of Darth Plagueis, you would discover that the Sith were working very, very, very hard. And it was believed that... This is his professor voice, you guys. I love it. That their attempt to create life or to be able to manage to bring life back is actually what caused the creation of Anakin Skywalker by the Force. What? Which series was that in? It's uh, the Darth... The uh, the book Darth Darth Plagueis, The Ways. I think it's in, in that series. But it's the Force kicked back on their attempt and created Anakin Skywalker uh, as a counterbalance to what they had just discovered what they had just attempted to do hmm. something along those lines i haven't read darth plagueis yet yeah, I mean, it's on my to do it's on my to read list the thing is that it's all on my to-do list before i die someday but there's like 50 books at least maybe 100 books and if you do not read them in order you wind up spoiling stories oh, yeah. mm-hmm. honestly and, and i have done that to myself on a number of occasions mm-hmm. honestly as a guy who's never sullied his vision of the star wars universe with any of the novels not not a single novel what? I, Sullied? Sullied? <laughs> Get out. I, they're not, Why they're, did we bring you they're here? They're not canon. You're not the color commentator, they're so not, I guess it doesn't yeah, matter that They're much. not canon. They aren't canon now. anymore. Yeah, the, they, six, the six movies, the Clone Wars, <laughs> Star Wars Rebels, that's canon. Mm-hmm. And then whatever J.J. and gang decide to pick from. Star Wars Rebels of, uh, that we haven't even seen yet. Speaking oh, of casting, uh, did you guys know Freddie Prince Jr. is doing the, the main... Jedi's voice in uh, Rebels. Yes, Freddie Prince Jr. I'm really excited. I like him a lot. Freddie Prince Jr. I think is a he's going to do a great actor. job. Yeah. As long as he's not on screen. Oh, I like him on screen his, too. As long as his voice is on screen. I mean, he did some really crappy '90s movies, yeah. but uh, I think he's perfectly acceptable. I actually, like Freddie Prince Jr. So I, I, I mean, I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating cookies, <laughs> like Ken says. <laughs> I kick him out of my bed for eating cookies. <laughs> I would ask him why he's in my bed in the first place. <laughs> you know who I wouldn't kick out of bed for eating cookies? Gwendolyn Christie. You know why? Because she she'd would. Kick your... yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. She would not move. So anyway, uh, my cookie. Let's talk, let's talk about the other one. You know, she's. I mean, she's. I think she's gorgeous. So it now are she's there? Huge. Are you guys Game of Thrones fans? Uh, yeah. Because I not really I, I know what Game of Thrones is. I just started the book and I'm gonna read the first book and watch the first season and we're gonna do it here on the Legendarium. But I oh, haven't nice. seen her in Game of Thrones yet. She plays Brienne of Tarth. She is. Uh, she's basically she's not a knight, but she's basically a knight. Yeah. 
Um, this is I, this is all of my stuff I've gleaned from. She can't be a knight, but she stuff. could really kick yeah, all the knight's nice butts. Not, but she, or the very first time you see her, she is kicking people's butts left and right. It's okay, who's next kicks their butt? Okay, who's next kicks their butt? And then she's kind of a champion for kings and ladies and stuff, and and that's her whole role in Game of Thrones. And at one time, she fights a bear. Nice. She fights bear. A bear. Oh, a bear. I'm sorry. I was distracted. I wouldn't put it past them on HBO to do that. <laughs> one, one time she fights bear. Uh, all right. So. Uh, I was thinking bear grills. What? Well, so a lot of, a lot of prevailing theories. I mean, she could be she could be a Jedi Knight. She could be there's talking. Maybe she could be uh, the bad guy because she's quite a good guy. She's quite a uh, fan favorite in Game of Thrones. So maybe she's plays a bad guy in this. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of speculation. Nobody really knows. I mean, there's not Obviously, something she looks. Everything we do right now with seven is speculation. But speaking much, of yeah. uh, speculation, there's at least one thing that's not speculation, and that's the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium right? Falcon. Leak it could photos. just be a Karelian. Uh, oh, leak, <laughs> leak photos galore this week. Not so subtly hinting at a return of the Millennium Falcon. First, TMZ posted dozens of leaked photos. I air quotes leaked. Photos. Thank you for the thank you for the air quotes yeah. because knowing J.J. Abrams the way that I do, and knowing the way that TMZ works the way that I do, something tells me that this is very much part of his oh, yeah. process of building up the tension and the excitement. Very yeah. well. The thing that I found more interesting is the stuff that was in the background of those photos. Like what? Like a Z ninety five headhunter. This oh, is the sweet. argument. No, yes. this this was I read through probably six or seven pages of comment section arguments about this because originally they labeled it as an X-Wing and everyone else is like, no, that's a Z-95 headhunter. There is no way that's an X-Wing. Look at it. There's only, you know, no, there's double guns. It's an X-Wing. I literally, probably seven pages of arguments on this. It's 30 years in the future. Can I just, can I just... The Z-95 uh, is outdated 30 years from the future. That is... The modified, the, the, the 1990s Corvette does not look like the Corvette of 1955. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, but it's 30 I'm years later. It could still be an X-wing. I'm saying XJ class X-wing. XJ class X-wing. Oh, now the, uh, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. The the J class uh, is a possibility, and the other the other possibility is that it can be. Um, if you if you go into the the and again, this is one of those places where we get into the non now non canon information. Uh, but in the X-wing squadron books, they talked about Z95 headhunters still being flown and still being flown effectively. By pilots who understood how to use them. So, mm-hmm. well, wasn't it the main ship of uh, shoot some general, like uh, like Admiral Akbar or something, flies a Z ninety five? That's a like ship that. of choice. I've, anyway, I've been going. I've been rereading the uh, New Jedi Order trilogy, and and they still have Z ninety fives, but they're mostly used by pirates, and they're mm-hmm. mostly right. used by. Those who couldn't kind of afford a up, nicer, yeah, busted up ship. So that's they, on my to read list too. By the way, the new Jedi yeah. <laughs> order. Let, well, let, and let's be it honest. If we were to put it into into terms that we understand, technology that we understand, F five E Tiger Shark fighter jets are still flown by the United States Air Force and by the uh, I, I believe by the Marines. And they were as, from back in uh, what Vietnam, yeah. Vietnam era Vietnam era fighter craft that are still being flown successfully as aggressor fighter craft for training F sixteen pilots. Uh, and now I would imagine F-22 pilots, F-18 pilots, because those planes still have incredible thrust-to-weight ratios. They work well. So I know I'm going very geek on a different well, area, and that, but I'm just saying that's Z-95s. That's what the Z-95 is for as well, both in the novels and in the games, which, by the way, I love. I miss joysticks. Yeah, But anyway, but that's, the Z-95 is what you train in in order to go fly yeah. X-Wings, right? Because so. it's, still a, it's still a viable Can uh, I, just, viable can I just throw in an aside here? 
I've I, my heart is full to bursting with the nerdery <laughs> that exists in this room. I I now bless my wife. I love her more than anything else in the world. She just doesn't understand, and I spend all my time with her. and And I don't get this outlet. This is so much fun. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Oh. I I was saying earlier, I invited my wife to come sit in the corner and mock us mercilessly because that's what she would do. This is so dumb. She, <laughs> she will do that when the podcast comes out. Oh, you think she's going to listen so, to this? So will Christy. <laughs> so, so, so bottom line is, though, we got, we got tech, folks. I mean, we got the Millennium of, Falcon. We've got other ships. This is so now, exciting. And not just that, but the creature as well, right? There's the, the big, like, turtley Sun, whatever... Yeah creature some giant pig hippo bear so, thing right now this pig hippo bear thing i'd like to call him man bear pig in honor yeah. of that uh, awesome of the uh, south park episode yep. um man bear pig i love that they built this thing and and you know leaked or not i love that we get this photo because it signals to me that we might possibly get a movie with a little bit less cgi dependency oh i am so you know and not so the cgi doesn't that. have its place and it's obviously it's going to be in the movie it's going to create a lot of the world around uh the characters but they've got to interact with something real i'm so excited about how, the practical effects how much better was the original yoda than the cgi yoda yeah I, I think universally we all agree cgi yoda was creepy and icky until we got to uh episode three where he was just then creepy <laughs> <laughs> Episode five or episode two, Yoda was okay in in the sense that you knew why he was CGI because he was going to do all the stuff, and that was neat. It was awesome. Hey, episode to watch, one, Yoda was the creepiest of all. Yeah, he was oh, the creepiest. Yeah. Of all. yeah, and it, and he wasn't CGI. That was practical effects. Right, so. but poor. Oh yeah, yeah. Poor. Anyway, no. My, so back to my point, which is that uh, I, I I hope that they lean much more heavily on well, practical I, effects. And and I th- and I think here we have, um, but we we also have. Uh, a precedent set by J.J. Abrams. If you remember in the in the new Star Trek film that he re- that he was responsible with, uh, we had several CGI creatures um, that were part of that planet mm-hmm. that uh, that Kirk gets marooned on mm-hmm. briefly. Right? J.J. Um, Abrams knows how to balance those, but he also knows how to make sure that the CGI is believable mm-hmm. and constructed in such a way that the visual effects are not distracting. Um, and I think part of that is technology, but I think the other part of it is, and, and I'm, I'm one of the most, um, outspoken concerned individuals about JJ Abrams taking over the helm of the star Wars franchise. Um, he's taken a little bit nerve wracking. He's taken over the star Trek franchise. He's done a wonderful job with it, but if it turns into, uh, another, another vehicle for him without, without very careful attention to what those of us have grown up with, um, uh, then that which the potential exists for that um then then i would be highly disappointed but yeah. what but he grew he's up with a them great too. yeah he that, he's acknowledged that he was he's a huge star trek fan and everything but from what i gathered and i'm i can't speak for him but from what i gathered he's an even bigger star wars well fan. he's and he's I'm on record that he's on record as saying he is star wars yeah. Before any before anything, he is Star Wars. But but he's directing Star Wars. So is that his publicist saying you better get in front of this, or is that really J.J. Abrams? I, I, don't I think know. that's really him. I mean, and he's also on record as saying he wants to go back and make these movies feel much more like the original trilogy, practical effects, and you know, actual human stories, human stories, and actually paying attention to a little thing we like to call writing. You know, that's important. And and get what is away this from writing. Oh, you speak of right. <laughs> 
so. something that George Lucas didn't do very well. So he wants well, to get away from all that. Did I think I, say that again? I think something that he did with the leaked photos actually lends us as fans to be a little more trusting because he'd had a response to the leaked photos. And, you know, you talked about, you know, maybe it's just a publicist or whatever. Yeah. To me, in my mind, the way he responded. I love the response. His response is one that only a fan, even whether the publicist is a fan or he's a fan, only a fan would know that that would work. Right. Give us, give us that response, the, Ken, the, for those who don't know. What he did is, is he tweeted out him. Actually, his, his Twitter account, he tweeted out a tongue-in-cheek picture of a handwritten note that says, I wish people would stop leaking photos from Episode 7 and making ridiculous claims that the Millennium Falcon is in the movie. <laughs> so, and and uh, to make it even... To make it even better, the note is placed on what appears to be a Dejaric table from the actual <laughs> yes. original well, Millennium Falcon. In there's another picture four. of the Dejaric table. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's is. not the only one, so we know it's there. So, yeah. and I I, if... apparently, there are pictures of him sitting on the Falcon. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he he gets it, and you know I would be cool? I love that. I, I sure want hope so. That now, there's already been a few groups that have gone onto the internet immediately and made up rules for Dejaric. But I'd really prefer it if, you know, the powers that be at Lucasfilm really uh, codified, codified, codified the rules codified. and and, uh, and and they they have an attraction at Disneyland or Disney World where there's this room off to the side of the Star Wars exhibit where you can go play Dejaric. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would that, be Wouldn't awesome. that be cool? Especially you if you can, can play against and what if And what if they had a machine where they could actually do little holographic images? I'm, I'm going to die. <laughs> There's because uh, there is actually uh, I know of at least one game that they actually have created um, uh, the uh, Sabak 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 that's what it was you can actually you know the it was in Knights of the Old Republic the game you could oh, go yeah, to yeah. it was a side game you could go and play with other people mm-hmm. and stuff like that so I think you know I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like that I always got killed at Sabak <laughs> <laughs> I never made money at that blasted game <laughs> I've never played. It. That's not true. I've played. I've never played any of the newer uh, Star Wars games. Uh, I have the Force Unleashed. I've never yeah, played. Nice the I, Republic, I haven't I've played, played much of the new ones either. I um, I grew up on the older games. Yeah. Uh, and I, the thing is, if they could make my X Wing versus Tie Fighter work on my Windows oh, yeah. Seven or Windows Eight platform, I'd be playing that all day long. Yeah. Well, and I, I I had lots of fun being Dash Rendar. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that was that was a blast. That game was awesome. So I mean, but I just I. It made me wonder whether or not Wedge was really responsible for the destruction of the second Death Star, or if it was Dash. Right. It did not make me wonder that. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. Come on. I've never, I've never been, even after I played it, I've never, I, I've never taken Dash Rendar as canon. Yeah. Or me remember neither. all the Shadow of the Empire books in the early nineties? Oh my god. Well, the, the, there was the Shadows of the Empire book that actually came out, but Dash Rendar played a very small part in the right. book, right? But I remember in the in the early nineties, it was all about Emperor's eyes. Or oh my gosh, he's so cool! Like, no, he's really. Not. I thought he was. Man, you guys <laughs> knocked both of my favorite villains just really clean. Well, in fairness, I've never read. Minutes. I've never read Shadows of the Empire. You need to read so, Shadows of the Empire. I've, Shadows of the Empire is a, is a good is a good, a good read. read. Yeah. It is a good read. That's not to say it's uh, you know the most wonderfully written literature ever, but it's a fun read. Well, and that's one of the things you know, um, Craig. You bring something out that's really that's really important for all of us to understand and and remember. Um, Star Wars when it was introduced was a popcorn movie. It was never intended to be this 
uh, cultural world, event, world altering cultural event that was going to span. I mean, you, you've got a better chance of people having world peace because they've all seen Star Wars than because they're going to go to the United Nations. And I'm sure now some political scientist who happened to be listening to this on, on a whim is now going to go absolutely berserk. But that's OK. Um, the, the, George Lucas, the I don't Senate think it is a convoluted nightmare. <laughs> George <laughs> Lucas, I didn't think was expecting what he got. I think he was expecting more than everyone else was. But I think he was expecting this to be more along the line of Buck Rogers and well, Flash Gordon and its impact and its and its appeal. I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts on that is that he succeeded in exactly his mission with the first film. With A New Hope, that's exactly what it is. It's a Buck Rogers movie. It's a western in outer space. You know, it, it's a story that we've heard a million times. Are you hinting that Luke is a space cowboy? Uh, <laughs> some, some call people him, call him a, a space, space cowboy. cowboy. Uh, some people call him then, Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> but then after, about. so after that original uh, original film came out, he took his hands off, and you know, some other writers and directors and artists yes. came in, and it became something more. It wasn't just a cowboy movie at that point it it was uh it was a space epic that this the space epic that everybody wanted plus an unbelievably uh cohesive morality tale and and he because it because it was crafted um as a as a uh as a joint effort if you will uh as a as a very highly uh thought through collaboration um and because lucasfilm or lucasarts afterwards maintained that collaborative attitude of saying okay let's make sure that anything new that we're going to introduce can be fit and that it can make sense it continued to hold its appeal it continued to hold together whereas a lot of other uh, science fiction franchises have not done as well over the course of time um and and that's one of the things that i've really appreciated about star uh, about star wars because it your your history had to fit your future, had to fit your present. Mm -hmm. And that was very much something that uh, George, Lo George Lucas and the team at LucasArts made sure was, was always going to be working, was always going to be cohesive. Amen. Yeah, but what does that have to do with lightsabers? <laughs> That's all I want to know. Lightsabers! Kyber crystals. Who didn't want a lightsaber? Who still doesn't want a lightsaber? Come on. Ryan's back! Hey, Ryan. Hey, there's Ryan. Um, Ryan was sleeping in the corner. That's why you haven't heard him for five minutes. <laughs> he was shaving his hobbit feet. <laughs> I thought he was dueling the small rancor in the basement. <laughs> That's more That's like what, uh, rancor. Yeah. That's how they come out as pups. He's a small what's, rancor. What's a, what's a Kadarian dragon? Is that what's... Uh... There's the crate dragon. Crate dragon. That's what it is. He's a little baby crate dragon. I got a little baby down crate dragon basement. downstairs that decided to pull all the pizza on the floor. Oh, did he seriously? Oh, that's amazing. No. Was that after he ate all of the it's too bad this isn't a video podcast. <laughs> a vidcast. In, in addition cool. to. Uh, okay, Ken, right, you, you look like you're ready for something else. You're back in time because Perfect. My, my other favorite thing about uh, the fact that we have more movies is not only do we have a new trilogy, we have more movies. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I love... I call them one-shots. I mean, they're, yeah, that's they're calling we, them yeah. they're calling Thank them you, Marvel Universe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I grew up on Marvel Comics. I call them one-shots. I love these, the the, the uh, standalone movies that are going to just be focused on one of the characters. Kind of like the Star Wars Origins Boba Fett, you know. Oh, yeah. To take the Marvel, you know, Oh, please don't Origins. call it that. Uh -huh. I don't want it to actually become Marvel. I just want them to take a few notes. That's I know. All. I know. But, so, okay. So, uh, director, 
the director for the second Star Wars one-shot has <gasps> been announced. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. due out in 2018. Fantastic Four and Chronicles director Josh Trank. Did you guys see Chronicles? I did not. Oh, it was really good. I mean, it wasn't, I it. It wasn't like, it. you know, the most amazing epic film ever, but it was really fun. Mm. It was a good movie. And it has that kid from uh, the Metallica concert movie that came out. He's very compelling. Uh, <laughs> you make a strong case for me wanting to go see these films. No, he, uh, he was, oh crap, he plays this really creepy guy. He was also in uh, The Place Beyond the Pines. Was that um, Mandalore? I don't know. Oh gosh, I hate you guys. <laughs> go on. The sound of crickets that you hear was not simulated. Uh, you, guys are all, you guys are all sci-fi and fantasy nerds, but apparently I'm, a, I'm the only movie nerd. I've never here. seen Place in the Pines. I've never seen Chronicles. I, I am. I swear I'm a movie nerd. I think nerd, it was just Chronicle, not, wasn't it? Uh, Chronicle, yes. Come on. That's what it is. But I but have anyway, to make my choices of movies anyway, Josh, very carefully. Josh Trank, <laughs> the movie is expected to be out in 2018. Rumor that nobody knows what they're going to be about, but the prevailing rumor is the first movie that's due out between episodes seven and eight. That's directed be by... Directed by Gareth Edwards. Yes. Who has uh, directed Godzilla mm-hmm. to rave reviews. He's also, what, J.J. Abrams' was disciple... Uh, not not my favorite Godzilla, by the way. Anyway, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I gotta see it, but yeah, I have. Go on, but what what's the prevailing rumor? Anyway, with that the guy? prevailing rumor is the first uh, one shot is going to be about Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. I yeah. hope not. I hope not, and I'll tell you why. Because Boba Fett is, if he's not my favorite character in the entire Star Wars universe, he's dang close to it. And I want them to ease into this. He's every fanboy's favorite. He I really know. Is. It, it, partly because it's the greatest costume it is, ever. It is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ever, ever. And so, anyway, was, I, I want the them to. It was the combination of Iron Man, Batman, and, <laughs> and Luke Darth Skywalker Vader. and Darth Vader. Yeah, all, oh, all man, rolled he, into one costume. Yeah, he's absolutely the coolest. He's not so, worth anyway, anything to me. D- disintegrated. Dead. Or dead, yeah. The fact, uh, the fact that they changed with Jeremy. more to me alive. I just the fact want. That they I just out want Jeremy Bullock's voice just still. Oh, uh, doesn't that hurt? Oh my gosh! I just, so I want them to ease into it. I, I would rather that it be the second or the third standalone film. You know, as mm-hmm. as we get used to this whole thing. You know, I don't want it. I don't want them to waste it out of the gate. That's kind of what it boils down to. Well, but I think uh, if I can, if I can be the one naysayer in the room, you um, always are. Uh, and that's my job as color commentary um, <laughs> is to look for the opposite direction. Color skeptic. Um, my my son, uh, who has been raised, uh, weaned and raised on the on the Star Wars franchise for as long as he can remember, uh, is very much about Mandalorians. Is very much about Boba Fett. This this generation that is that is just slightly younger uh, is very hungry for more story about these Mandalorians. I think it's a really good gamble. Yeah, because there is no more famous Mandalorian in the history of the franchise than Boba Fett. Even though Boba mm-hmm. Fett's the unadulterated clone of Jango Fett, blah 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 blah, uh, because he's Boba Fett. There aren't many of them left, are there? Didn't they um, get wiped out? You know, in the in the okay, and here we go into an environment that's not we, we we're not sure how canon it will be, right? Um, but supposedly, Jango Fett was the tail end of the Mandalorian race. Uh, the Mandalorians had been scattered for for a couple of centuries uh, and had been dying out, but they had been highly sought after as mercenaries. But when you're highly sought after as a mercenary, you're also probably going to get killed as one. And uh, very few Mandalorians lived to see a retirement age. They just kept going into battle until they died. 
And uh, yeah, but wouldn't they be like rock stars just siring Mandalorians left and right throughout the galaxy? Boba it, Fett's like Hannibal Smith. <laughs> they have a problem. I, I, if I, no one else can help. Call. And if you can, find and if him. you can find him, <laughs> maybe you can hire. Dun dun dun. <laughs> um, so I think, but I, but I think that that's. I think it's a smart gamble. Sure. Um, I think it's because it's going to make money. I think it's interesting though, as you talked about. The what we know to be canon, what we don't know to be canon. If we take the Clone Wars series, which they have declared as canon, the Mandalorians as a whole, as a race, have become peaceful. There's a right. group of them How called disappointing. There is a group of them called the Death Watch, which maintain yes. their old ways. So the question is, uh, for me, the biggest question for me is when is this movie lo- uh, situated in Boba Fett's lifetime? Um, I'm stealing this from another podcaster that I listen to. For me, because I, I completely agree with him, for me, if the movie does not start with his hand shooting out of the mouth of the Sarlacc right. pit, yeah. then they've done it wrong. Like, if you try and tell me young Boba Fett stories, I'm going to be like, meh. If you try and do, like, Boba Fett years later and just explain how he got out of Sarlacc later on, I'm, I'm not going to be happy. It's got, I, it has to pick up for me right there. Well, I don't even mind if, if they go back and make amends. And I'm calling it make amends. they got to make up they got to make it up to me that they replaced Jeremy Bullock as the voice of Boba mm. Fett because it. So you oh, don't want Boba wanna, Fett to be a I New wanna, Zealander. I want to force choke somebody over there. <laughs> <I really do. laughs> He's it, making the force choke motion too. I'm really oh. worried. No, it, it, it. I mean, there's so much you can do with that. Even if you, you know, the very first shot you see is him crawling out of the Sarlacc, which is, you know, prevailing wisdom that he didn't die. You know, nobody said for sure that he died. You know, mm-hmm. except I think. Yeah, you haven't read any George. of the novels, and this is becoming glaringly obvious. Well, I only go by canon. <laughs> Although George George Lucas has said, you know, he died, but George Lucas. George Lucas sure. can go kiss a Wookiee. But there, I mean, you, you could say, I well. I think he did. <laughs> who's to say, and I, I bet I got this from the same other podcast that you got this from, is who's, who's to say that the Boba Fett that we saw in episode two is the same Boba Fett we saw in episode five, and maybe, you know, somebody oh, killed yeah, some... the original Boba Fett and took up his armor. Uh, and took up his name, and, and maybe you can revisit that. Not as like a, a prevailing storyline, but maybe just as a little flashback. Boom, boom. What if what if the entire movie revolves around him hunting down impersonators? That would be cool. Oh, like know what the I th- one. Or if, see, or if a, the, there's a movie reference. Yeah. Or if go. the movie consists entirely of him having to defend himself from those who are trying to take the mantle. Ooh, like King of the Mountain that I used to play when I was like eight years old. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, called absolutely. the Hunger Games. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think there's, there's a lot of directions that can be gone. Um, I, I, again, I think when you're, you know, the, there's, and, and this is a really interesting thing. We never talked about this in the last, uh, in the last series of podcasts that we did, and, and we've kind of hinted at it here. One of the things that has to be thought through um, is how does this franchise justify itself financially in the minds of the accountants? Because regardless of how much all of us By are easily huge gobs of money, man. What, what I'm saying is, is that regardless of how much all of us who are older want to see certain kinds of, and I, when I say older, I mean over the age of 25, <laughs> because 25 is about the time that you stop buying the toys to play with. You start buying the toys as investment yeah, items to watch. To yeah, look at, yes. um, and and I I don't know what you're talking about. And I have. Mo- <laughs> 
Are you over the age of twenty five? Never mind. Um, <laughs> where, but and and I've I've bought several toys over the years that I have you know left sealed in their wrappers and put into different places and safety deposit box and whatnot. No, sweetheart, I'm not going to tell you where the key is. Um, <laughs> but but at some point, I didn't ask. If you're, <laughs> thank you, sweetheart. Um, but but at some point, the the accountants, the powers that be, the the individuals who are running the studios are going to say thank you very much for reinvigorating a franchise and selling lots of toys, but it's got to make money as a movie. And it won't make money as a movie compared to the Marvel franchises, uh, maybe not even compared to the DC franchises, if it isn't compelling enough as a storyline that it attracts the younger audience. And so I think they're going to have to walk a really interesting line on these first couple of movies. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I think Boba Fett is a safe bet, but there's lots of directions they could go. Well, and I think that's part of the reason we've only heard of two. I mean, we've, we've heard there, there of three. The, the first one, the, the, uh, the overriding theory is Boba Fett. The second one that's, uh, that's, directed, uh, that's coming out in 2018, mm-hmm. reportedly, rumoredly, not reportedly, rumor, and it's probably prevailing speculation, is that people want to see it about Han Solo. Which I just uh, hope they don't do. They, I, I saw something. Okay, this is side. We'll, I'll come back to this in a little bit. But I okay. saw something regarding. Well, I was thinking about this. Like that, it could be Han Solo. Like, who are you going to cast? And then I saw someone. Someone else got cast in a role that Harrison Ford played, or there was rumor that he was going to be cast. And I wanted to have the world end before that occurred because I just could not live in a oh, world. Oh, oh, Who's that? Um, who? Uh, who was it? Robert Pattinson as yes. Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I that heard that one, too. That was shot down. That was shot down. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's just awful. That, no, that cannot happen. For a second, I guess. That's, that's my biggest issue with a Han Solo movie is you've got to find an actor to step in the, into the shoes, the younger shoes well, of Harrison Ford. I think there are plenty out there. There was talk. Uh, a lot anymore. of A lot of people in the rumor mill say, oh, I want to see Michael Fassbender. He's too old. He's too old to play young Han Solo. He's, he's older now than Han Solo was in episode four. Yeah. So, I mean, you can find a relatively unknown. The That's problem the whole is thing that, that Star the, Wars was based on. The young guys these days in Hollywood, and here I am, you know, being an old jerk, is that the young guys, they're either completely brainless, or at least they come across as brainless in the movie, or they're like beta males, you know? And, yeah. and if Han Solo is anything, he is not a beta male. He's got to be a but kid But do you know what I mean? First. I just don't, I can't think of anybody who could, who could pull off that, that scoundrel swagger. Scoundrel. You know, anyway, it'll yeah. it'll be interesting. So, so uh, let's just go with that. Boba Fett number one in 2017, Han Solo in 2018, and, and there are several theories about uh, the third one shot. Some say Yoda. Yoda. I, I don't want to see Yoda. No, I don't. I don't want to see, see anything about Yoda. Uh, leave, I've heard leave him more mysterious. I've heard one that says it's going to be a, a Red Five movie, and I don't know what they can do with that because I have Rogue read Squadron the, books. the movie. Oh, that'd be that'd be cool. Rogue Squadron, Rogue Squadron in the, movie. the movie could be cool. So what I what think it should I, be about uh, Wedge, but that's just me. I think what we'll be looking for is that they won't necessarily be one offs, but they'll be two offs and three offs where we'll get two or three Boba Fett movies, just like Captain America well, or Iron Man or whatever. Uh, they'll they'll keep following an individual storyline. Uh, at least that's my hope. Possibly. Uh, and, and and that could be cool. And, you know, the Clone Wars gave us six seasons of a lot of really cool characters that you can build off of. Mm-hmm. So And a lot of cool concepts. Yeah. Um, th- that's, that's one of the things that the Star Wars universe does not lack in is they've got... 
they've got molds that they can that you can pour people into. You've got the bounty hunter mold that you can say, okay, you know, Boba Fett was a bounty hunter, but what other kinds of bounty hunters could we do? Um, you've you've got uh, you've got the scoundrel Ooh, mode, IG eighty eight, the assassin droid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've you've got enough things out there that have been set already in these in these early pieces of canon. Uh, that are going to be kept as early pieces of canon that you can then turn them around and you can say, okay, we can we can sp- we can spin that in all kinds of different directions and make it still work. Unlike other franchises, which are fairly limited, um, I, I think that that's going to be one of the saving graces for Star Wars moving forward is that they will never lose the ability to reinvent the franchise if they do it correctly. And that I think is the I think that's the whole point of these one shot movies is this is the perpetual money source. It's the perpetual story source to keep this universe alive. Totally agree. My personal vote, if we got Boba Fett first, then Han Solo, Boba Fett, Han Solo, buddy cop drama. You yeah, bet. coming I in 2020. Woo! I, I, I the, the, there you go. And and the whole thing is the premise of how Han Solo got the Millennium Falcon from Lando. Lando's the bad guy. Yes, Both, there you go. We're writing. We are. Why we're just we're just writing checks and cashing them. Left we and right are in here. this Marvel. Call our Disney. Call us. We, we got this. <laughs> we got this set up. Hey, okay. This speaking of, of of Disney, this one here. This is the last one I got. But I'm so excited about it. It's not hard. Hard. We're, we're talking about Star Wars, okay? There's, there's no such thing, there's as, no hard such thing as hard yet. news. It's, it's, a, it's news about a movie. Okay, but this isn't hard Star Wars news, but it's still my favorite story of the week. Disney distributed pictures of Mark, Mark Hamill, Hamill in oh, a beard. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Hamill sporting a beard, also including uh, pictures of him wielding the lightsaber, sporting the beard. With Mickey Mouse. One with Mickey Mouse. This is in advance of, uh, of Star Wars weekends, which is going on this weekend as we're recording this. Yes, yeah, so I'm having a there. very difficult time sitting here thinking to myself that I could be in Disneyland right now or Disney World. But this this makes me so excited because it it goes to what I want to see, which is Mark Hamill picking up that Obi-Wan role. And yeah. Mm-hmm. He he said he's working out. By the way, I read some. He said he's working out. I hope they're not going to do too much with him physically. I don't think let him will. be the Obi One. Yeah, what I, I, I like that. What I would really like to see, and no, who's seen anything yet? But I would love to see like Episode Seven. He's training. Episode Eight. He's advising. Episode Nine. He does. He gets it. He gets a chance to wield the saber. Ends up dying. Comes back as, and he's force ghosting. You know, in episode nine, that's an interesting idea. I'm not, Force, every not. time you say Force Ghost, by the way, I think of Space Ghost. Space Ghost, I know. <laughs> Space I do too. I what, else, what else do you call it? It's a force Ghost. I don't know. So, every, and yeah, maybe he dies at the end of episode eight, and he's Force Ghosted at, at uh, all of episode. How nine. likely? I want to throw this out there. How likely does everyone think it is that these uh, you've got the main these main characters, or whatever, but they're not their longevity is not going to send them through a, a long series. No. How soon does one of them get killed off? Does one of them get killed off? You know, seven, eight, and nine. I think it's more likely that they just ride off into the sunset. If if I have I, money I, on the table, Han Solo and probably Leia are dead by the end of episode seven. Yeah, and seven, I'm, seven, I'm, really? I'm not going to go Han there. Han Solo I'm, is dead by episode eight. I'm willing to bet that Han and Leia wind up uh, moving to the periphery uh, and and find you themselves. Mean Florida? <laughs> <laughs> I mean Tatooine. Um, the villages, and, but I, but I think that um, I, and I think J.J. Abrams has said he wants them to have this as a as their curtain call, and I think that's what, uh, yeah, as their as their chance to do that. 
but I don't think that they will. I, I think if they kill off any of the any of the original characters, I think there's going to be. It, it's got to make a lot of sense. It's it's got to have a lot of compelling drama behind it because I think the fans are going to want to see them just kind of have their moment and go away into the sunset. Luke is the one that we think, you know, it makes sense for him to die to die in a struggle against evil. Um, I think for, for Han and Leia, it makes sense for them to turn the reins over to others to run the galactic Senate, to run the, or to, uh, to run the, the, uh, uh, the, the new, new galactic republic. republic. Yeah. Um, and for them to disappear after Luke gets killed and they realize that they are not the people that they used to be and that they need to turn it over. Ooh, yeah, it like turns that. out they weren't the droids you were looking for after all. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, that is, uh, there's a lot of characters that I think would rig, cause major uproar if you killed off. But if you get rid of R2-D2, oh, yeah. that's... Well, you, and, you know he lasts. And R2-D2 and C-3PO, I think, are going to be the two characters. Even after Anthony Daniels' voice is gone, they're going to find people that are going to do... They can do an impression, That are going to do a, a decent enough impression. And it'll... It, those yeah, those two characters will continue. Yeah. Oh, I, I think so, absolutely. I think episode seven is based on the big three... And by episode eight, it turns the focus over to the kids. Yep, I guarantee. And episode nine, and episode eight, and episode nine are, are focused primarily on the kids. And I think that's why, I think that's why Han Solo dies in episode seven. Also, the fact that that Harrison Ford has been trying to kill Han Solo for thirty years. <laughs> he really, he really has. He's been trying to kill off Han Solo since. Return I think of it's Jedi. too late. Once the guy, you know, once Han Solo's married with children, you know, he doesn't. The the uh, heroic send off that he wanted to give him doesn't make quite as much sense. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what the writers do with it. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe maybe he's in charge of the entire Republic army, and the ancient fear gets him. You know, while the ancient fear. Yeah. Any any no. speculation as to what the ancient fear is referring to? I don't know, to? and I don't. Nobody even knows if that's the actual name. It's just the kind of speculative. Working oh, title is that right the name now, of the movie? Mm-hmm. That that came out a few weeks ago. The speculation is that the working title the is working Star title Wars is... Episode Seven: The Ancient Fear, which I think is a great title. And if it's, it's coming out this no early, it's certainly no worse than the Phantom Menace. It's certainly no worse than Attack of the Clones. Oh, oh gosh. gosh, I'm willing to bet uh, <laughs> that that the that this ancient fear that is being referred to. Uh, is a, and and this goes back to an idea that was pioneered in some of the video games, uh, specifically the the uh, Star Wars Old Republic video games, mm-hmm. um, that they go to the Sith burial world, and they find uh, they th- that a that a Sith, um, what did they call him? Not a Sith spirit, but a Sith um, presence mm-hmm. uh, takes uh, and and. Uh, possesses the body of a geologist or an archaeologist that goes to visit that planet, and that we have a we have an, a a rest, restoration of Sith presence in the Galactic Republic. That's Ooh. that's kind of what I'm hoping is that we have a return because the problem with return like you can't really just throw a Sith in back into the equation because they follow the rule of two. We know that. You know, in a lot of stories, whatever they've they have different pieces, but you got rid of the emperor, you got rid of Darth Vader, the, apprentice. the Sith are now quote unquote no more. If you want to bring it back, you do have to kind of do what Todd has talked about there. And with uh, what is it, Max von Sydow, whatever you know, Cito, I'm a prof- Cito, I don't Cito, whatever. You know, I'm a professor of geology and I'm excavating <laughs> this or whatever, and then all of a sudden, you know, Darth Bane's spirit takes over Max von Sydow. That would be. 
you know, I would be okay with that. I would be okay with that to return the Sith back to the the equation because without the Sith, the Jedi are. The, you the have to have you you. I, one of the things that I have really loved about uh, Star Wars is that the the bad guys were always so bad that it required an army to stand against one, yeah. and that's the thing that the Sith have is that they are so bad. Uh, By that, are, do you mean badass? I mean, I, I mean badass. I mean evil. I mean ruthless. I mean vindictive. They are the embodiment of all things that we as human beings consider to be anti-human or inhuman in their treatment of other human beings. Or in the twentieth century, we'd say anti-social. Uh, okay. Um, or <laughs> anti-something. Um, that that these individuals require an army to stand against them. Right. It can't be done by an individual. It has to be done by an army. Well, and that's a, isn't that a great point of all uh, stories of good versus evil? Yes. And that's, you know, we talked about this with the Lord of the Rings podcast, and that's that evil is always solitary, and good requires a fellowship, for lack of a better word. It, it, the, the community has to work together to achieve the same, to achieve the, the opposite of what one lone person is seeking to do. You want to know why? I so bad want to know why. Because evil is selfish, and good is selfless. You know, and and while that is, the, you know, there are lots of levels to explore that on. But I'll buy that. And and I was thinking the same thing. You you when you're when you're talking about Sith, when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about Sauron, when you're talking about any of these these quintessential evil characters, the people that surround them surround them the same way that cuttlefish surround a shark. They're looking for the they're looking for the drippings. They're looking for the the crumbs that fall off because those crumbs are better than anything that they can get on their own because they are useless and they're very very selfish. They are unwilling to dedicate themselves to a higher cause. That's part of what makes them evil, but it's also what makes the power of a combined good stronger than an individual evil. I feel like we really got wow. off topic, but not we, in a bad way. Star Wars it's is a, about philosophy. Isn't you know, it? I, oh, yeah. I read uh, one of the things that's never going to be canon. Um, when I was uh, when I was eight it, years old, it was a book that you wrote. Yeah, uh, almost. <laughs> uh, it was a book that I think me and about seven other people read. Um, and it was it was shortly after Star Wars first came out. Was it about the Ewoks? No, uh, Ewoks hadn't been invented yet. Um, George Lucas thought he was still going to be able to get an entire group of people into Chewbacca costumes. It just right. didn't work. Um, no, it was a it was a book where an individual decided to uh, extrapolate uh, Star Wars, the story of Star Wars, onto a more familiar religious template. And I'll I, I won't talk more about that, but I but I, I will have say, this book. have you? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's so two of us in the same room. Um, yeah. That's really frightening. You have to tell <laughs> um, me the name of the book. Um, was it the True Force of Star Wars? Was that the one that you read? No. Um... Gosh, it's been a while. I can't remember. I read it. Uh, let's just say I read it about the time I turned nineteen. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it, it it's really fascinating to me to watch how people have have gravitated toward that. But they but we recognize that this this concept of evil, uh, even in that universe, is very familiar to us, 
and it and it resonates with everything that we talk about in in those kinds of environments that's part of its universal appeal that's part of the universal appeal of all of these kinds of stories whether it's the lord of the rings whether it's the ancient greek t- uh, tales of, of myth and morality Harry whether it's Potter. Whether it's yeah. Harry Potter, whether it's uh, whether it's the, the Norse stories, I grew up on a lot of Norse mm-hmm. stories. Uh, before Thor was cool, not, not as many did. Yeah, uh, there. Oh yeah, they there's some fascinating stuff, um, but they all revolve around this idea that in order for in, in order to re- truly overcome evil, a band is required. And that band band is the red hot chili peppers. That band is required. The the thing that that band does is help us all overcome our baser selves. Okay, never mind. I want to see chili peppers. I want to see not the red hot chili peppers. (laughs) I want to see Flea on Coruscant now. Come on, he can play something. Gentlemen, uh, we had better wrap this up. Uh, we we are... haven't even gotten started. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just what happens. We just get rolling and it just happens. I really but think... I was going to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> one, more season, right. one more season. One more season. One more season. <laughs> um, let, us, let us part ways for now. I, but uh, with our two wonderful Star Wars commentators, Ryan, I think we're going to have plenty of material in the months to come. I Especially think, this, I think once, this could uh, be a, a thing as soon as we start getting more and more news. This could be a lot of oh, fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't uh, well, wait for once, 2015. <laughs> when Rebels comes out, uh, we're all going to be devouring Star Wars Rebels, uh, and we'll have plenty to review. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm sure that we'll be doing Star Wars things every month or two, and uh, uh, that'll carry us right through until the release <laughs> in, oh, gosh, what is it, 19 months? Uh, I'm I'm not going to confess that I've already started counting down the days. Uh, (laughs) 18 months, 12 days. Is it really? Mm -hmm. Is it December 18th? Okay, well, anyway, what was I saying? Something about going? (laughs) Something about leaving? Ryan, you good? The time is good. Shall we? uh, (laughs) So, uh, last little bit that I'll leave you guys with. Anybody who is listening to this, uh, if it is still June, or if it is early July... Uh, and you're in Salt Lake City, or you can get to Salt Lake City, for heaven's sake, get down to FantasyCon. Uh, come see me and Ryan there. Uh, we are going to be hosting, uh, not hosting, but moderating uh, several panels there. We'll be there covering as the Legendarium, so we'll we'll be interviewing all of you fine folks. Come look for us. We should be uh, uh, available and, and spotable. I do not plan on wearing my full masked elf costume, but... <laughs> Uh, you'll hopefully they'll let us wear our legendarium t-shirts uh, if not you'll recognize me by my uh, mane of flowing auburn hair and the constant look like he's about to cry because oh, he's just gosh. so happy I, it's it's like three days of constant nerdgasm i'm really looking forward to it and I, a dragon and oh. a dragon <laughs> um so yeah no honestly uh to anybody listening uh if you haven't listened to our legendary preview go back and listen to that that got me really excited Mm-hmm. I was excited already, but that really got me going. How about you, Ryan? It was, uh, I'm super excited for it. It's going to be something very different. Yeah. Very different. So uh, we will see you guys all there. And uh, Special thanks again to Ken and Todd for coming on. And we'll we'll make this our little Star Wars, our own little rebellion team here. Always a pleasure. So, love being here.
Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to The Legendarium on iTunes. Uh, check us out at thelegendarium.podbean.com and also write us at thelegendariumpodcast at gmail.com. He's finding his place. I, I hate you guys. <laughs> I hate you guys so much. <laughs> That's why Ryan keeps inviting us. <laughs> the invitations never come from Craig. <laughs> Has nothing to do with contact points. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me in my contact points. Hey! Ew. Okay, here we go.